Lockout. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Home Recording Made Easy.com podcast. This is season three, episode two. And this week, we're going to talk about my two most favorite topics and plugins that we talk about when we're learning how to mix, and that is EQ and compression. We're going to talk about EQ and compression, why they're important, why they are the two most important tools, regardless if you're a beginner, an intermediate, or an advanced level mixer. And then I'm going to show you a couple of different plugins, stock plugins, a couple third-party plugins, and how they differ from each other, and talk to you about what I recommend and how you go about learning and focusing on EQ and compression. So that's what we're going to do here today in this episode. So make sure you like, share, subscribe, get yourself a notebook, take some notes, sit back and relax. Let's talk about EQ and compression. Okay, welcome everybody back to another episode, season three, episode two, here at the Home Recording Made Easy.com podcast. My name is David Vignola, your Hubble host. This time we're going to talk about EQ and compression. Before we get started, we are now on YouTube with video. Hey, how everybody? Or if you're listening to this on Spotify or Apple iTunes or wherever else you uh, you consume your podcast, thank you so much for listening and watching. Make sure you like, share, subscribe. Make sure you give me a five-star review if you'd be so helpful. It really does help me a lot, and I do appreciate it. Also, make sure you send your topic, your show topic ideas over to info at home recording madeeasy.com or you can leave them in the comments below if you're watching this on YouTube and let me know what other kinds of things you want me to share with you here at the podcast. So that's what we're going to do today. So this episode we're going to talk about the two most important things you need to focus on when you're learning how to mix music. Whether you're a beginner, whether you're intermediate, whether you're advanced, or if you're not sure where you fall in all those three areas, don't worry, because it all means the same thing. EQ and compression are the two most important things that you have when mixing music to make your music sound professional, okay? Sounds really simple, but it's a little bit more complicated than that. But those are the two most important tools. The first being EQ, and then second, compression, in my opinion. Some people may flip those things around, but I think EQ is more important than compression. You want to start with EQ. You want to have good basic EQ foundation skills. Same thing with compression, but EQ we want to start with first. Now, the good news is beyond this podcast, because we're not going to show you how to use an EQ and a compressor in this podcast. We're going to talk about concepts and just show you some ideas. But if you really want to learn how to use EQ effectively, regardless of what experience level you are at, I highly recommend you check out my training course, EQ Made Easy, over at homerecordingmadeeasy.com. And then also when we talk about compression, we have a course called Compression Made Easy, which is going to expand greatly on the things that we're talking about today here on this podcast. So make sure you check out those two training courses. And if you listen till the end of the podcast, I'm going to give you a discount coupon code anyway. So you should stick around for that. So you don't pay full price for the course because none of my subscribers and listeners should be paying full price. And that's why I'm here is to help you. So EQ and Compression Made Easy, the two most important courses that I have the two that I tell every single student to start with when they ask me, where should I start? Even before one of the full-on mixing courses, I say, get EQ made easy, get compression made easy, and understand how to use those things effectively. And your mixes will sound fantastic, regardless of whether you're using stock plugins or third-party plugins or a combination of the both. So 
Let's talk about what is EQ. What does it really do? Well, EQ in its simplest forms provides clarity and space to your mix. It's a way to get rid of the frequencies that are not pleasing or are clashing with other frequencies, ways to enhance frequencies that are more pleasant to the ear and a way to kind of carve out space. So all the instruments in our mix have its own, shares its own little, uh, oops, excuse me, shares its own little uh, frequency, uh, you know, range. So giving yourself EQ or giving yourself space and clarity in the mix is all done with EQ and space also works with panning as well for another episode. But EQ is super important to add clarity to your mix. Now compression on the other hand provides a little bit more tightness, a little bit more punch to a mix can make a mix sound um, a little bit more energetic. Okay. The two, the reason why I tell everyone to start with EQ first is because it's the easier to kind of wrap your head around it, to kind of get your skills under your belt. Compression is a little bit more difficult when you're talking with beginners because compression is a little bit harder or more difficult to hear, especially when you're first starting out where EQ is really easy. You boost frequencies, cut frequencies. You can hear those things quite simply. Now, if we take a look here in our DAW, now, if you're on Apple iTunes or Spotify or whatever, you can't see the screen. Obviously this is really for our YouTube uh, folks here. But if we take a look at some of, uh, you know, on our screen here, and we take a look at where I tell everyone to start with, and we're going to take a look here at our first plugin here. This is the Pro EQ by PreSonus. I'm in Studio One today. This is just a stock EQ. And this is where I tell everybody, everybody to start with. We'll talk about third-party EQs in a second, but I tell everyone to start right here. And every single DAW will have an EQ that is similar to this. Now, why do I like this EQ? For several reasons. Probably one of the biggest reasons is it's free. It comes with your DAW. And it also has what's called the Spectrum Analyzer, which allows you to see what is going on with your audio um, on, an, on the EQ analyzer here. And if I were to drop this on my vocal here, and again, I know you can't see this on Apple iTunes, but if I were to, let's see, oh, we're not gonna be able to do it that way here. Hold on here. Let me just take a take a look here because we're recording this. So let me just, uh, hold on. Let me grab an audio loop here and let me show you what I mean. So if I grab an audio loop and I just kind of drag this uh, somewhere over here, and we open up our EQ here. Let me just show you what this does. Okay, so if you're watching on YouTube, you could see the spectrum analyzer in the background, and that gives us a nice visual representation of what is going on with our audio, whether we're using a drum loop or whether we're using vocals or whatever we've recorded into our DAW, that is a really great tool to be able to see what is going on in the audio. Now, what's also great about this particular stock EQ and most stock EQs will have that spectrum analyzer is that you have, this one happens to be a five band EQ here. Well, it has low cut filters where you have every EQ will have a low cut cut filter to get rid of some of the, the low rumble that we don't want in our audio. And it's also going to have several other bands that we can boost or cut here just by grabbing a point and dragging it up and down here, boosting and cutting frequencies. Okay. Really, really nice. And again, you'll be able to see that beyond uh, when you're playing back our audio. So if I were to play back that audio again, and we were to hear this audio again, you'll see what it does as I move the points around. Here we go. Right? 
So again, that's an, an exaggerated thing that doesn't sound very good, but you can easily hear as I'm moving the, the frequency points around, you can actually hear what is going on with the EQ. That's one of the reasons why it makes it so much easier to learn the compression because it's instantly audible and you can instantly hear it. So I tell everybody to start with this particular EQ, a stock EQ that has an analyzer because you can see what's going on with your audio, okay? Now, the other thing about this as well, and what most EQs will have, every EQ will have this, even if it's a third-party plugin, if you're not really sure where to start, one good place to start if you're not sure where to boost and cut frequencies is by using some of the presets. Now, depending on the plugin that you're using, they'll usually be broken down by instruments, in this case, drums, for example, and then it may be broken down by a specific type of drum, kick drum, snare drum, overheads, rooms, so on and so forth. And, or in this case, you can just, uh, we can just pick anyone here, drum set. Um, and you can see here that when you have drum set, it'll automatically kind of put, um, it will put in an EQ curve for you. Now, the thing about presets, and I tell all of my students this, you don't want to learn to mix by presets. Presets are just a good starting point to kind of get you in the ballpark. Now, the presets are developed by engineers and such. You know, how are they developed? Well, it depends on what they're listening to. In this particular case, if you're listening to some audio and you're and you're trying to... Um, you know, develop a preset for a drum set like I showed on the screen here. Well, it depends on the drum set, depends on who played the drum set, depends on a lot of things. But there's some general areas where boosting and cutting makes sense for most drum sets, if that makes any sense. So as you can see here on the screen, they boosted a little at around 50 hertz, which is going to give a little bit of bottom end to the kick drum. We cut a little bit out here at 400, and usually in a drum set, you're going to hear that kind of hollow, woofy kind of a sound in the drum set, and usually a cut around 3 to 500 hertz is usually something that you do quite often. And then you'll have a little bit of boost here at the top to bring a little bit more shine to the snare and to the cymbals. So it's a good place to get you started, and then you could take it, and depending on your audio source, you can move the EQ points around to kind of dial in what you like. So again, presets are great. The Spectrum Analyzer in the plugin is great. And when you couple that with some training like EQ Made Easy, you'll really start to understand, well, where are the fundamental frequencies of my instruments? Where should I be boosting or cut cutting, depending on how those instruments, in as, as or depending how the sound sources were actually recorded and that has a lot to do with it, but it gets you going in the right direction. So before you start buying any third-party plugins and listening to all your favorite engineers on YouTube, including Uncle Dave showing you all these nice fancy EQs, where should you start? I tell everyone to start with the stock EQ. When you learn the basics on how to use EQ and you can use these on all the different tracks in your mix to give your mix a sense of clarity and a sense of uh, you know lack of muddiness and nice, and nice clarity and nice space, then from there, you can move on to other types of EQs that maybe have some more tools and maybe some more different types of sounds, okay? And you may say, well, what do you mean by that, Dave? So if I were to close my Pro EQ here, my stock EQ, just to give you some uh, opportunity of what other kind of EQs are out there. Again, here is the Fat Channel plugin by PreSonus, which has not only a standard EQ here, but also if I drop down this little arrow, you'll see a bunch of other types of EQs. Here's one, for example, again, for the benefit of our Spotify and Apple Music listeners, now I pulled up the uh, Passive EQ, which is a Pultec style EQ. And you look at this and you say, wow, that looks way different, Dave, than the first one that you just showed us. It is way different. A lot of these uh, third-party plugins will emulate, in this particular case, old analog 
up hardware EQs. In this case, the Pultec EQ, which is a tube-based EQ, meaning all the circuitry inside has transformers and tubes is what creates the equalization. Unlike a standard stock plugin, which is more of a clinical, just a very transparent, doesn't add any color, doesn't add anything at all. You boost 50 hertz, you get 50 hertz, 50 hertz boost. You cut 50 hertz, you cut 50 hertz. Something like this particular example, which is a Pultec, is going to have a little bit more limited uh, frequency points and things that you can boost or cut because that's the way the hardware is. However, under the hood, it's part of the algorithm when they when they model these kinds of plugins, they develop and take on the, the sound characteristic of this particular piece of hardware, which a 2BQ is going to sound a little bit smoother, a little bit warmer when you boost or cut or boost particularly uh, a lot in the frequency range, you're going to get some tube distortion there, which is a pleasing kind of an effect. So it sounds way different than your stock EQ. This is just one example. Other examples such as this one, this is called the Bendaxel EQ, which is um, uh, a shelving EQ, <laughs> typically used for something like mastering, where it only has low and high shelf filters. So every one of these kinds of EQs are different types of tools and they sound a little bit different. And again, in a podcast, it's not really appropriate to be trying to show sound examples because unless you can see it and hear it at the same time, and again, to keep these podcasts kind of concise and to the point, um, this is something you need to experiment on your own. But when you first get started, you always want to start with that stock EQ. And then as you move beyond that and you understand what the stock EQ does and you understand basic EQ fundamentals, then maybe you move into some more of these third-party type plugins because they're going to sound different. So so for example, when you boost 50 hertz on your stock EQ or 60 hertz, that is going to sound different than when you boost 60 hertz on this Pultec that I'm showing on the screen now. They're going to sound different. They're not going to sound exactly the same because the sound characteristics of these EQs are a little different from each other. And it's like having, um, I equate it to as a painter, having different shades of red, let's say, on their palette. They're, all reds are not the same. Some reds are a little bit different than others. And depending on what you're doing in your painting will, de will depend on what uh, shade of red in this example, the painter might use. Same thing when we talk about EQ. Okay. So EQ is certainly the first and the far most important thing that you want to focus on when you're learning how to mix music, because once you understand how an EQ works and how to use it in the most effective way, and then you start diving into some of these third party EQs, you'll have a different set of palettes, uh, colors on your palette that you can use. Okay. So that's how EQ is kind of you know, the, the basic gist of how it works and why it's so important. And again, there's tons of EQs on the market, but stick with your stock EQ first. Now, when we go over to compression, this is our second most important tool. And compression is a little bit more difficult, especially if you be for someone in the beginners uh, that are first learning how to, uh, how to mix is because compression is something that is a little bit challenging to hear. You really have to tune your ears and you have to know what to listen for. And again, I created an entire course, which is the best compression course I've ever seen on the market, if I don't say so myself. And a lot of my students would tell you that too, called Compression Made Easy, where I spend about three hours 
walking through different types of compressors, teaching you what to listen for, showing you what to listen for. So you understand how to tune your ears into hearing compression, because once you can hear compression, it's really going to change your world on the way you mix. And one of the things that beginners get stuck with, with compression is they can't hear it very well. So they over compress and overuse the effects so they can actually hear it. And then they actually ruin the track. So just like with EQ, Compression is something that I say to all of my students, you ought to start with your stock compressor. And again, I'll open this up on the screen and for the people on uh, Apple iTunes and Spotify, I know you can't see this, but this is our stock EQ, or excuse me, our stock compressor by PreSonus Studio One. Just like any other DAW has a stock compressor. It's gonna have all of the similar settings. It's gonna have a threshold and a ratio and an attack and a release, and it's gonna have a makeup gain uh, dial. There's going to be some other dials for side chaining and, and knee settings and those things, but those for more advanced people, you don't need to worry about that. You need to worry about threshold ratio attack and release. Those four controls is what makes up how you compress a signal when you compress a signal and how much you compress that signal. Okay. And so again, compression made easy. We spend a lot of time talking about that. I tell all of my students, before you start looking at all these different third-party compressors and all the 1176s and all the LA2As and all the different fancy names that you hear out there, you want to start with your stock compressor. You want to understand what is going on with your audio as you compress it. And just like with the EQ, we have a visual representation on this particular stock plugin where you really get a chance to see how the plugin reacts to the audio in a visual form. So it helps you kind of connect your ears to the audio so you can hear the compression if that makes any sense. So again, starting with your stock compressor. Now, just like with EQ, the stock compressor is going to be very transparent. It's going to do one thing and one thing only, and that's going to be compress audio. And why do we compress audio? Compression in its simplest definition, it controls dynamic range. So if you have any piece of audio, no matter what it is, you have the loudest parts of that audio and you have the quietest parts of the audio. The difference between the, the least are the most quiet parts of the audio and the loudest part of the audio, that difference or that range, and if you're watching me on YouTube, you see me holding up my hands right here showing you the range, that is called dynamic range from the lowest to the loudest, right? What does a compressor do? A compressor is going to squeeze or compress that dynamic range. And you can see my hands if you're watching on YouTube, it's gonna make that the quieter parts become a little louder and the louder parts become a little quieter. And the more you compress audio, the more that range shrinks. It's like a trash compactor. It shrinks, 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 shrinks. When you over compress, you actually shrink it so low so your audio waveform doesn't have any dynamics anymore which is not a good thing. You don't want to over compress. You want to, again, we talk a lot about that in compression made easy. How much do you compress? When do you compress? All of that is for another course, but in general terms, we're controlling dynamic range. Now what's good about using something like the stock compressor is as you start to compress the audio, you'll see on the visual representation of your plugin. And again, every DAW will have something very similar. You'll see how the dynamic range has become, it starts to shrink. So you can kind of cue, you can kind of cue in the visual to your ears. And that's why the stock compressor is so important because it gives you that representation visually. Now, as I just said, 
Just like with EQ, all compressors are gonna sound a little different. Once you move beyond your stock compressor, which is all it's gonna do is compress the audio. It's not gonna add any other kind of tonal characteristics or any uh, tube saturation or any vibe or any mojo or any analog-y kind of stuff, all those fancy words that you always hear everyone talking about. All it's gonna do is compress the audio. It's gonna take that dynamic range, it's gonna shrink it down, it's gonna compress it. Once you learn how to use compression, most importantly, how to hear compression. So when you're compressing the snare drum, for example, you could hear what it's doing to the actual audio and you understand it even when it's only being compressed very subtly because that's the key. Then you may say, well, that's great. I know how to compress my audio, but why would anybody want a third party compressor? Why would you use anything beyond the stock compressor? That's a great question. So once again, for the benefits, the people watching this on YouTube, and if you're listening to this on Spotify or Apple Music, once you get home and once you're in front of your computer, you can always jump on the YouTube channel and watch this so you can see it and then, you know, rewatch the episode and you can see the visuals here. But just like with our EQs, compressors, there's different types of compressors. Here's a compressor, and again, for the benefits of people on audio only, I'm pulling up the Tube Comp by PreSonus, which is an LA-2A emulation. And this looks way different than our stock compressor, right? This is actually a lot easier. It's only got two knobs. It's got peak reduction, which is how much compression you want, and then gain, how much volume compensation do you want after you've done compressing? And it's got a needle in the center of the screen showing you how much compression is actually occurring. Now, just like with that Pultec EQ, the Tube Comp or the LA-2A is a tube-based compressor, meaning that it has an input and output transformers and then it also has tube inside and the tube is what's kind of creating that compression, which has a different sound characteristic. It sounds differently tonally tonally than our stock compressor, which doesn't really have any kind of tonality added to it at all. It just compresses the audio. Why people reach for these kinds of plugins, these third-party type compressors, is because they have all, they have their own special sound characteristic to it. You might have heard somewhere on the internet that they call, some people will call them tone boxes. Tone boxes. They'll call those, the LA-2A a tone box and the 1176, which if I show you that here, uh, here's a model of the 1176. It looks a little different, has a few more controls. Tonally sounds different than the LA-2A, which tonally sounds different than the stock plugin. So just like our painter analogy with our EQ and our colors of red, well, maybe our compressors are shades of green. And the 1176 style compressor is one shade of green and the LA-2A is another shade of green and our stock compressor is even a third shade of green. And depending on your painting, what shade of green do you wanna put on the canvas? It's the same thing with compressors when we talk about audio because each one of these compressors sound a little bit different. When and where you would use them really depends on what you like, um, but all but you know, can be different for everybody. And again, we talk a lot about that in Compression Made Easy, and that's why I harp on these two courses because we get into the dirty details and not only you know, philosophically how to use them and what they're all about, but, how, but to actually use them in application so you can hear and see the difference, which we're not doing in this podcast episode. So once you move beyond your stock compressor, then you start talking about different types of colors of paint or different types of compressors. But just like with the EQ, I always say, start with the stock 
compressor because it's got all the basic controls that you need to learn about. It has the visual representation as you start to compress the audio. You can see on the screen what it's really doing and you can lock your ears into your eyes so you can hear what is going on. Just like with the EQs, you have presets, which again, let's say you're compressing a snare drum, for example, you can come up to your drum presets and you can come to something that says snare and you can see kind of what it does and when you play back your audio snare drum snap and when you come back to your audio and you're playing back your audio with a preset you can see well what ratio did they use what attack and release times did they use what threshold did they use how is it affecting my audio and then you can tweak the preset from there but just like with eq presets on compression is not the, you don't wanna just go by presets. You wanna use the preset as a starting point and as a learning tool, but ultimately you don't wanna use presets at all because every piece of audio is gonna be different and every application is gonna be different. And therefore you're gonna tweak the plugin usually from its default settings brand new every single time. It's never gonna be the same twice, but presets are a good place to start. So focus on EQ and compression when you first start mixing. EQ first, compression second, or both at the same time. But those are the two building blocks, the foundation of your house, you know, the cement foundation before you start building up uh, the rest of your mix. So before you get into any kind of third-party plugins and confuse yourself about all these different things and you have to learn how they all work, stick with your stock EQ, stick with your stock compressor, okay? So in closing, EQ and compression are the two most important tools we have more so than saturators, tape machines, console emulators, channel strips, and all the fancy things that you see all over the internet, including here at Uncle Dave's YouTube channel at Home Recording Made Easy. I show those types of plugins in lots of videos. You see me demo lots of, of plugins. If you've taken any more of my, any of my mixing courses that are beyond the absolute beginners, you see me using those kinds of plugins all the time. Those are wonderful plugins and you will graduate to those, but don't overwhelm yourself. Start with the stock stuff as I said okay when you take uh any one of my beginner mixing courses whether it's the free course that's on my website the free course right on the homepage, or whether it's something like mixing made easy volume one or mixing in studio one made easy those we only use the stock plugins and i show you how to get a wonderful mix just using stock eqs and stock compressors so if you haven't ever check those courses out you owe it to yourself to check those out before you move beyond that because that's where you want to start Okay, so EQ, compression, stock plugins, two most important tools. That's what you should be focusing on when you learn how to mix. And if you do that, guess what's going to happen? Your mixes are going to sound way more professional, way more high quality, even if you're just using a stock EQ and a stock compressor. And then, and then only then, your ears will be trained to move on to some of the other plugins that are really gonna take your mix to a whole nother level, but you have to stock with, start with the stock compressors. So I wanna thank you so much for joining me for this week's podcast episode. Let me know in the comments below where you struggle with EQ and compression. Let me know how I can help you further and if you're on Spotify or Apple iTunes, again, leave a little note there in the comment. Let me know. What do you think about EQ and compression? Are you really solid? Do you really know what you're doing with EQ and compression? Do you struggle with either one of those or why? Let me know in the comments. I'd love to know. Now, we're all the way at the end of the episode. And as I said at the beginning, I want to give you something for checking out the episodes. So I've mentioned in this 
episode at least three or four times now, EQ Made Easy and Compression Made Easy. If you don't have those courses, you need to go check those out, and I want to give you a discount. If you use the coupon code PODCAST30 at checkout at homerecordingmadeeasy.com, it'll take 30% off both of those courses. You'll get 30% off instantly. Go check those out today. And by the way, if you want to use Podcast 30 on any training course on my website, it will take 30% off any training course. And I highly recommend that you check those out and start with EQ Made Easy and Compression Made Easy. So I want to thank you so much for listening to this uh, week's episode. Let me know in the comments below what other show ideas and topics that you have. For future episodes, send all your questions in or leave them in the comments below because we'll be doing a Q&A podcast not too long from now. And I'd love to answer your questions and help you out in any way I can. And until next time's podcast, I've been Dave with HomeRecordingMadeEasy.com. Thank you so very much for watching on YouTube and listening on Apple and Spotify. And I will talk to you and see you and speak to you guys all soon. Take care, everybody. Take care.